Hi everybody, it's Ashley. Um, Merry Christmas, or not. Well, I don't know, Merry is a good thing, so like, even if you don't do Christmas, still be merry. Uh, I'm just popping in here, first thing, to really quickly mention that we are not going to be uploading an episode uh, in the first half of January. We're skipping one uh, for the holidays. Uh, I'm going to be traveling, and Alex and I thought it would be nice to just maybe take uh, an episode off for, uh, you know, we don't want to record over the holidays, and yeah. So, forgive us, enjoy your holidays, and we will see you again at the end of January. Uh, have a wonderful and happy new year. Also, uh, this week... Our theme song is the song Christmas Time is Wonderful from Jonathan Colton and John Roderick's wonderful Christmas album, One Christmas at a Time. Definitely check it out. You can find it and all of Joko's other music at jonathancolton.com. All right, here's the episode. Christmas time is wonderful, wonderful with you, Christmas time. Christmas time is wonderful, wonderful with you, Christmas time. Christmas time is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful with you. Christmas time is wonderful, wonderful with you, Christmas time. Christmas time is wonderful, wonderful with you, Christmas time. Christmas time is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful with you. Christmas time is wonderful, wonderful with you, Christmas time. Christmas time is wonderful, wonderful with you, Christmas time. Christmas time is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful with you. Christmas time is wonderful, wonderful with you, Christmas, Christmas time. time. Christmas time is wonderful, wonderful with you, Christmas, Christmas time. Christmas time is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful with you. Hello and welcome to Literary Merit, the show where we tell you what media has value. Spoiler alert, it's all of it. Also, spoiler alert, we'll be discussing spoilers as usual, so here is your warning. I'm Ashley. And I'm Alex. And I'm looking at your face right now, Alex. We are in the same room, and in this room with us is a very special guest, my dad, Chris Hatton. Say hello. Hello? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I guess before we get into stuff, do you want to, like, 
introduce yourself or is that weird oh is that part of the deal you're supposed to read a, a really we glowing need to, we need to know me um, based the basics of your resume yes so Pitch. we know the no. qualifications yeah. okay. <laughs> what do you think of the basics of my resume honestly i wouldn't know where to it's, begin it has nothing to do with genetics right um i'm a screenwriter and i'm a, a film director Yep. Um, and some of my high-profile credits include Star Trek The Next Generation mm-hmm. and uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, <laughs> and more recently, a film called Battle of the Damned starring Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, is it is that on... Where can people find it? Yeah, I think in the dollar bin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's generally where I shop for movies. <laughs> exactly. I just bought like four or five the other day. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Pirate sites, BitTorrent sites, um, you know. You know, it was, was it, it was streaming somewhere. Yeah. Uh, actually, I think it runs on Sci-Fi Channel all the time. Um, Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I'm, the Sci-Fi Channel has really evolved. Improved? I think so. Yes. I, that's I, that's the word a, I was looking. I have for. There's, a, there's a show we can talk about that I'm obsessed with. That season two just went on Netflix. Well, then we may we may come back round to that. Okay. We may come back round to that. Mm, what is it? The Magicians. I don't know it. You don't know Magicians. Oh, he's been trying to get me to Sorry. watch it. <laughs> okay. Well, we can. Talk All right. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> gosh. Also, to our listeners out there, a Merry Christmas. If it is your Christmas, if you don't do that, then Merry Monday. If it's Hanukkah for you. We're recording during Hanukkah. It's Hanukkah Even if right this now. won't be airing during Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and happy Festivus. To the rest of us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, um, we're, if we sound weird, we are in the dining area at a hotel in Portland, so there might be some <laughs> background interference, but it's cool to be looking at your face, Alex. It's very nice. I re- so rarely get to see your lovely face. <laughs> um, so what's, we, we were chatting a little early, but what, what's been going on with you lately? Well, I haven't been doing a lot of new stuff. Uh, the last three episodes I feel like I've been talking about, I've been painting. <laughs> <laughs> He's a painter now. I'm a painter now. What do you paint? <laughs> He's a poet. Um, He's a painter. I'm, Houses? No, um, so there, I learned a technique at um, a little class in uh, at a craft, craft warehouse, yeah. and it's like fluid acrylics. So you mix acrylic paint with water and some sort of medium, um, and then you add some sort of um, liquid to disturb them. So when you pour them all together on a canvas, they'll sort of separate a little bit, but then also make really cool like um, chaotic patterns. It's really cool. Looking. It's very easy too, so it's very fun to like. Oh, I made something in a really short amount of time, and then if you don't like it, just pour over it. There you go. So it's been fun, um, and I've been doing those as like gifts for for people. Um, because <laughs> because a painting I, I, I made. I, I take that home. It's a solution with paint. Well, it's on a well, canvas. It's on a canvas when it dries. Um, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> What is this panel of paint and they're, they're very easy to appreciate because they're very um, impressionistic. Mm. They're, they're not very challenging. You smoke a lot of weed? I don't. <laughs> um, although one of my family friends, she was over for my dad's uh, 57th birthday uh, slash, his, slash their, my family's Christmas party. And she's like, um, do you want a, hol- a holiday present? Do you want some weed? And I was like, 
thanks, but I'm good. <laughs> Apparently, she offered to my sister, too, who has two infants, or two, children, two little ones, and she's like, no, like, read the room. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, who even knows these days with it being legal around here? It's like... I mean, yeah, what's the delivery I probably should have the candy bars or, or a doobie, she, because she, it's she, a very different socially. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm, true. I'm very different. I, personally, I'm partial to the bong. But... <laughs> You're a bong man. Yeah, but that's also because I'll cough just from looking at it. So, <laughs> And I felt like that was the easiest uh, delivery method for me. Merry Christmas, folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about, how about what you? What kind of Christmas wreath yeah. do you have? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is stinky. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. You're not supposed to burn the wreath. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's getting a little scary. Uh, <laughs> is this is this how your podcast normally goes? I thought this was a highbrow literary thing. See, we named it a highbrow literary name. People get confused. People about do what get confused. Is. We did have uh, an approach, an email from um, a writer who I'm sort of connected to, and she asked if we what we sort of did. Yeah, thinking maybe we were a book review thing, and, and it's like, like, oh no, no, we're just very confusingly named. That's <laughs> not. It's it's a, it's a it's a joke. We do love books. We just don't always have time for books. Yes, yes. The the concept, if folks at home aren't totally clear on it, is you know the idea that you know we sort of consider literature as being one of the you know higher sort of more worthy art forms, but we feel that other um, you know, maybe more popular media can be have just as much merit and be just as worthy of sort of discussion and consideration. So other things have literary merit too. Yeah, it's confusing. Like it's what? Not... Like what? Well, like you know, what are you into these days? <laughs> I mean, um, I, I like trash movies, yeah. romantic comedies. What's wrong with a romantic? What's a comedy? good trash movie? Oh right gosh, right now I don't know about. Right now, um, I know that a lot of people right now are talking about and watching a lot of Hallmark movies. Oh. I can't do those. I can't either. I can't do and it. There was another podcast I was listening to. Um, shout out to Throwing Shade. They were talking oh, those about. Those guys are great. They were talking about um, the difference between Hallmark movies and Lifetime movies, holiday <laughs> movies. And Hallmark is all about loving your husband. And Lifetime is all about not loving your husband. <laughs> I mean, they, they, it wasn't it wasn't exactly like being, that. But being stalked by your husband. Yeah, it was all the like shady stuff. Whereas like yeah, li- Lifetime Hol- is a lot grittier. Yeah, and Hallmark is very like <laughs> devotion. Yeah, all the I think yeah. That's fair actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's a ca- good characterization of it. I think they had a, a guest on the show that was that had a drinking game for watching Hallmark movies. Oh gosh, um, be quiet, phone. And it was. Uh, like really silly stuff like does she have brown eyes and blonde hair in the main character or like yeah, yeah. it was just really <laughs> funny there's a, a company up in Canada and I cannot remember who they are now but they they specialize in that exact kind of yeah. you know whatever it's, it's the latest Christmas movie or whatever but they they design these scripts in a way that they're the, they're these certain scenes that can be filmed with a with a cast change so oh. they do a straight version and they do a gay version of the same movie, the same script. Well, you know, I, I that you know, like the husband. Or the, no, I totally get that. For... Yeah, I, I remember it was. Um, I took a an LGBT lit class back in like my freshman year or something, and um, 
they were showing us like how on like the gay cable channel they have like gay versions of like the commercials that they run on other channels where it's just like one word difference There's where so much like like yeah well yeah it'll just be one little word like you know this you know woman you know some commercial woman's in the house and then another woman comes in and in the gay version they call each other honey and in the straight version that word's just not there <laughs> like it's it's exactly the same commercial otherwise just one word makes all the difference mm. yeah okay so total gear shift but it, it reminded me so we've been we all saw star wars we all saw the last jedi within the last two days um not to bring up anything in particular from that at the moment but so we've been talking lately because we talk about gay stuff all the time mm -hmm. where's the gay character huh where's the gay character we were promised i was i was bba <laughs> it's gay right? okay sure but do you remember well, tell me i'm wrong I, I don't, I couldn't refute it, but I couldn't really <laughs> so support it either. <laughs> but by that, I mean, virtue, there are a lot of characters. I mean, in that case, it's Poe and BB-8, though, because they had a really touching oh, moment when they were reunited. Yeah. Well, I always sort of imagine BB-8 as female, personally. Oh, okay, I like that too, though. Why? Oh, just cute. I like it. R2 and C-3PO are balls. both... Yeah, no. <laughs> no. R2 and C-3PO are both... <laughs> You know, masculine droids <laughs> to a degree. They're 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 male coded. CPO is not masculine. Okay, but he's male coded. Okay, to being masculine. But Leia's read on him was so good in this yes. uh, this movie, where she was like, "What was it? Change that anxious face or whatever." Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wipe that anxious look <laughs> off your face. That was funny. Uh, but no, do you remember? It was um, way back when, when when these films were just uh, you know a glimmer in Disney's eye. Um, I believe it was Abrams said there's gonna be a gay character. I don't remember that. See, it really stuck with me. Well, because we're, we're waiting. We're waiting for that, <laughs> and you know, it might be Chewbacca. It, they did this with with Sulu in, uh, sure, in Star Trek movies. They, they just, did. Just, no, he's gay. He was always gay. No. And you know what? If they did that, Chewbacca. I would be pleased. They really did. I thought an okay job with Sulu in the newest. Um, yeah, it was nice. It done. wasn't. Too much for you know people that aren't you know looking, looking for that. <laughs> but for us, for me, I was like, I mean, I've never been the biggest Star Trek fan. I appreciate it, um, but I was like, yes, <laughs> not like, oh my god. I was just like, yes. <laughs> Good character. Right, they don't knock you around with it. It's yeah, just there it's it is. there. It's there. And that's all we really need out of Star Wars, and that's probably all that Disney. Okay, would well, let what do you do. think about the fact that George Takei didn't like? The fact that they that they made this. Um, I think it probably has something to do with maybe his generation. Um, I think he, and, and also he played a character that he didn't get to play that part of that character. So maybe he felt that, oh, that's not that character. I played that character. That's not who that character was. Mm -hmm. um, hmm. I mean, I, I know I know that he can be old fashioned. I watched his um, documentary with him and his husband, um, and yeah, he has some really. I mean, he's he's quite old, you know. He's <laughs> he's quite for, old. He's quite old. He. he <laughs> He has a lot of opinions, especially about like um, health and fitness too. His husband's sort of overweight, and he, you know, picks at him for that. So <laughs> I think it just might be you know generational and all that. In, yeah. in that case, I don't know. I'm just waiting for my my Star Wars gay. I mean, everyone wanted it to be Poe, and it still could be. It still could be. It still could be. They were really trying hard with purple hair in him, though. Did you see the angles they were using? They were so they were making them appear so close in their conversations. Huh, that was not something that I read. I did not. I did. You not. saw some tension. I saw some them? tension. I didn't appreciate it. Well, you know what? 
Though you thought there was a romance in Thor Ragnarok, so you need to stow that, because I think you're out of control. <laughs> well, I, I thought maybe, I think maybe my reading says that maybe the, the sort of, either the shot they used or how close the actors were, maybe that was them trying too hard to sort of combat them. Mm-hmm. That to me, it sort of read as, oh, they're trying to, you know, show like really? they're angry at each other, but they kind of like each other. Yeah, I didn't read it that way. I mean, <laughs> that again, I, you know, I'm not. But you know me, I'm the one to sort of like underestimate those things. <laughs> like, You're like that was there? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm the person who didn't realize that Hannibal and Will Graham were totally gay until the end of season three of Hannibal, so. <laughs> You just ruined season three for me. I mean, it's it's still subtext. It's so it's so blatant. It's ridiculous. It's that the I most blatant think. subtext. Yeah, it's no. I mean, it's ridiculous how that I didn't. I just didn't believe it. I just didn't believe it could be there. And then what? And then going back, I'm like, yeah, they're super gay the whole time. I just didn't believe that they could be. <laughs> Another choice for the for the last Jedi they could have done was um, instead of having Rose and the sister, it could have been Rose and her wife or girlfriend. Sure, that I would mean, have been a good choice. I thought that would have been cute. That would have worked. That would that have worked been better. Although then they would have to explain to audiences why her and oh yeah Finn kiss at the end. But well, I just don't think they needed to. They didn't need to. I thought it was sweet. Usually, I'm like really, well, really not honestly, into on screen kisses. It, I mean, again, maybe this is just me, but it kind of came out of nowhere for me. Like I did not see any romance happening between the two of them at any point. It almost felt like her expressing this sort of love that the movie is trying to really uh, talk about the force with like I'm sort of I don't know it's kind of (laughs) abstract but like like your paintings I mean (laughs) I don't know if they're like my paintings but just just the sort of like you know in this moment I just saved your life because we need life so I'm gonna sort of show you this as a physical act. Well, okay. And that does... I, I don't want to bag on this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you did enough of that he, earlier. What was he... No, no, that, that wasn't me. I have <laughs> friends who work on Star Wars, and I love it. Um, what was he trying to do? Be an, he was trying to be a, an idiot hero. He wanted to die a hero. Because well, he, he they, just... were, they were really... Him and Poe... Star Trek did that better. Sure. First, back in 1967, when... <laughs> well, I... Captain Decker tries to ram the ship into the doomsday machine. Uh-huh. And well, what does that get him? Burned alive. And we already had our dramatic sacrifice by spaceship. Like, you know, Laura yeah. Dern already but seriously, did that. Wh- and, and so did what, the, um, what, the sister. What too, Rose's sister. Why is he doing that? He and, feels and... that if he sacrifices himself to blow this cannon up, then he will keep the rebels safe. And that's a theme that's but heavily, what, heavily what, if that cannon can take out this that side of that mountain, what is that crappy little, you know? Well, I mean, Independence the way, Day. Yeah, the way that Rose ship, Independence her, Day. Why can a rocket and a plane flying up into this giant spaceship that's gonna yeah. obliterate them? I mean, they, they, yeah, they, but that's a dope they give it one line to say like this thing's super duper armored. Our only shot is to go straight down the throat of it. Like yeah. that's its weak point. That's its you know 
Death Star air vent yeah, thing. Air vent. Like, and, <laughs> and you're buying that, right? I, I have to. I have no other choice. The movie told us that this was no, true. You host your own podcast. You have. I have to work within you... the text. <laughs> this is what the text tells me. What, however preposterous it is, that is what the text says, well, and I must accept and, it. And and I think Luke mentions it in it. He's like, I I'm this legend, but what does that mean? Why why do we need a legend? And and he talks to Ray about that, and I think that's. You know, Poe struggles with that of like being wanting to be this one guy who does everything while people die around him. Mm. Um, and then Finn is struggles with that too. He's like, I need to save these people, so I'm going to do something stupid and mm-hmm. not think about anybody else, even yeah. if he's trying to save everybody else. Yeah, I felt if anything that sort of that moment didn't it didn't really have any build up. You know, that wasn't like a theme throughout Finn's story. Well, of and also. Like, Without his decision, there wouldn't have been any immediate peril in his life. Like, he was bringing it on himself. Yeah. And I think that's why and, it's And, weird. in fact, you know, earlier in the movie, he was like, I mean, he was running off to save Ray, but his but motivation away. has always been, like, protect Ray, and yeah. she wasn't even there. You know, if she'd been present, he was like, I have to do this in order to protect Ray, that would have been one thing, but he never really had that motivation before to, like... Be the hero. Yeah. He, he never wanted that. And he didn't have any sort of moments where Poe rubbed off on him enough that it would... No. Yeah. No, they've they barely, barely seen had... each other. I liked the moment where Poe and Ray met for the first time. Yeah, I was like, hi, nice to meet you. We've <laughs> we were, never been face We've to been face in face. a movie and a half together and we've never met. <laughs> you know what I love about this is all these people going around doing the... the um, you know, the, the, the junket, the press junket, mm-hmm. including, and I've forgotten her name, the, the, the epically tall... Uh, oh, oh, Gwendolyn Christie. Yeah, lady. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm not even sure she actually had to be on set, right? Yeah, I know. She, Same thing happened in the first film. You saw her one though. eye. People were... Yeah, her one eye one <laughs> so People were upset in the first film that she didn't get a big enough role, yeah. and they were hyping it up, and same thing this one. I mean, at least she At least she got to fight. She had I, an actually, actual uh, scene. Right. <laughs> That you have a sword fight. She's cool. a ter- terrific actress. Oh, She's yeah. wonderful. I mean, She's really interesting. Brilliant. And they should have used her more. They I think, should have. I think there was a, a variety, the, the magazine little um, clip with her and John Boyega where they were, they had this mystery box and they had to stick their hand in it and feel it. It was hilarious. Oh, yeah. I heard about that. I didn't I didn't watch. It looked like in Dune, right, when he has to reach into <laughs> the Benny Gesserit box. And... You haven't seen Dune. I haven't. It's one of the bin, bin movies that I just bought, though. Oh, so it's okay. on my list. You have the David Lynch one, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Not well, those sci-fi channel ones. We don't talk about the <laughs> I I really enjoy that movie. Dune? Yeah. The, the Lynch it, Dune? Oh, yeah. Know, there, I mean, there's, there's any number of things that, that are probably not quite right with it, but it is fantastic. Well, what? And it just like. lavish and incredible. What a fascinating, like. David Lynch making Dune, like, <laughs> like it's almost <laughs> preposterous that it even happened. It's, <laughs> I, you know, I have complicated feelings on David Lynch generally. Um, I do, I do love some of his work. I love Dune. I love, of course, Twin Peaks. Um, I, I'm still struggling with Inland Empire. Mm. <laughs> I just don't really know what to do with that one but <laughs> i don't know if anyone knows what to do with inland empire i haven't seen it yeah i don't i i i couldn't recommend it but i wouldn't warn against it i just don't really know what it was it was like maximum david lynch 
It was just all the David Lynch you could possibly put in a movie. <laughs> Have you seen The Elephant Man? Oh, I love The Elephant Man. That's probably my favorite thing he's ever done. Mm-hmm. I love The Elephant Man. Have you? No, but I know we've talked. You've talked about it before on the podcast. You've mentioned it at least. Have I? I, I don't so. recall. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's really terrific. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful movie. It's a beautiful movie. It's very well cast. Um, what were some of your favorite moments from The Force Awakens? Or sorry, uh, The Last, Last Jedi. Jedi? Hmm. Either scenes or visuals. Because this one I thought... The shout out to Hardware Wars. Hardware Wars! my favorite moment. Okay, did you what, probably didn't... I probably... What was it? Okay, when the iron... When it's like... It looks like a spaceship coming down and then it's just an iron. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's this... It, it's a visual reference to uh, uh, the greatest Star Wars fan film ever made. Real old school. Okay. Like, this was from... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably. I've prob- probably from seen parts of it or something. Yeah, like... And, uh, it's one of those things that they talk about in, like, documentaries. Yeah, it's like a spoof. It's it's a pretty... It's like a 15-minute little short fan film. It's sort of cut like it's, a trailer. It's, it's actually not even that long. It's pretty long, though. It's cut like a trailer, but it's longer hmm. than a trailer. And it's like spoofing Star Wars, but everything is like... I mean, it's called Hardware Wars. Everything yeah. is like household objects. Yeah. And I just... <laughs> Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi is Augie Ben Doggy. Augie Ben Doggy. <laughs> and ham salad. <laughs> right? And Princess Android. Android. My, I think my favorite moment from Hardware Wars is when the Luke Skywalker character is being given the lightsaber. <laughs> and he's like, gee whiz, gee whiz golly. Wow. Gosh. Gosh. And then he just keeps oh, saying this. Well, and then, and then in, in, in uh, The Last Jedi, there's also a physical comedy moment where Ray hands in the lightsaber and he just throws, he throws him, him off the cliff. Yes. Yeah. I appreciated the sort of symbol behind that moment. But I don't know. My favorite... I have two. Yeah? What's... So when the um, ship is flown at light speed into Snoke's ship. Oh, that the visuals of that moment like caught me off guard. I was Oh yeah. Just, really nice. I like was Held actually breath. stunned. And okay, Will was telling me because he he went and saw it separate from us and um apparently people tried to like clap in the theater at that moment and he's like just let it yeah. be. Like, don't ruin yeah, no, like, it. it was, Shut it was, up. Like, I, I was like mouth open, hands like back. <laughs> I was, I, it was so silent in that yeah. theater. And I was just like. It was It was a really stunning moment. It really was. Especially because we haven't seen something. I mean, we've seen great, amazing, visual, beautiful shots in, in all of the Star Wars movies. But that one was just so. So striking. Striking and different than a, like a normal mm-hmm. movie shot. Especially because it was entirely CG and mm-hmm. and it was a little more um, way less scientific. It was very artistic. Yeah, it, it was. It, it looked like like a bit of concept art almost, yeah. like more mm-hmm. than a more than a, an actual shot in a film. Yeah, okay. and then the sound it made when it blew up. Oh, yeah. At some point, go back to concept art. Put a put a. We can talk about concept art, but no, you have to tell us the second. Oh, the second the one second was one. when um, Luke and Leia meet up. And it felt like oh yeah, when he kissed felt, her on the head, it felt I like got a goodbye. Choked. It felt like a goodbye to Carrie Fisher to me. <gasps> I got real Even choked she, up. She's still you know continuing Was the movie. Li- yeah. It was just like, I think they chose that that mm. um, that um, take. Yeah, I got real specifically misty. to to sort of say goodbye. It was really beautiful. Really, really beautiful. Yeah. Hmm. 
So what did you want to say about concept art? Oh, no, I, I was just, it just made me think that, and maybe we talked about this yesterday, I don't remember, um, but many, many years ago, I met Ralph McQuarrie, oh. who, you know, who painted all that mm-hmm. concept art, that made this possible, yeah. and he was quite an old man, and he was actually selling prints of his work. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, wow. and, sure and I, you know, I, And I actually got to ask him, you know, kind of what it felt like to have in essence been responsible yeah. for this for something that that, that changed cinema really mm-hmm. um, of course there's more than him but but if not for those paintings it would have looked way ev- different everything probably wouldn't have been <laughs> he de- made he yeah. defined it yeah. probably wouldn't have been made that's that's or it would not have had the sort of cult into why you know you know the well, immediate it, reception because if they had been on like well, they, the the you know. paintings were responsible for the sale. Yeah. yeah, they sold for it. the financing, and and so, I I how interesting. He, he was just just a guy, and you know he didn't really have an answer for that. You know because I, I think it's it's almost beyond a person who yeah. had like, that kind of impact. It, well, and I mean maybe that might be one of the reasons that George decided to sort of like let it go. It's like he's like this isn't. This is so beyond what I could have ever imagined it being that I don't even know what to do with it anymore, you know? Very possibly. Whereas, like, a corporation knows what to do with it. Disney knows what to do. And now they own much of Fox's assets as well. Oh, boy, that's really an interesting scenario, huh? (laughs) I think uh, one little tweet that I saw, it was a clip or a a little screen grab from uh, The Simpsons, and it was, like, quoting something about... um, uh, Bart had Disney uh, Mickey Mouse ears on, and Marge was saying something about like don't support that evil corporation, and somebody was like Disney owns this now. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I saw you know the um, the meme of like the the brain like like the oh, normal yeah. brain, mm-hmm. and then like the continually brain. getting yeah yeah, and the I saw one that was like concepts of like Disney and Fox stuff that could like interact with each other, and the the last one, the most enlightened brain was. Um, Hank Hill in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> that was too funny. Honestly, they're basically there. I can't. I mean, we've talked about this before. I just can't. I don't know what to do with Kingdom Hearts. I don't know how to. We'll have to see when the next one comes out. Because there's going to be Marvel Worlds and Toy Story Worlds. and. Oh my god. Yeah, it's going to be really? overkill. Weird. Weird. Well, what what else have you guys watched besides Star Wars lately? Well, I've been rewatching season two of The Magicians. The Magicians, yes. So yes. it's based off of a book series, and we might have talked about it um, when yeah. it was first airing. Uh, it aired over the summer, I think. Season two did, um, and it's just a very. I, I really respect it because it is very truthful with its characters. Okay. Like somebody fucked up. They're gonna get called out on it, and uh-huh. they're gonna. There's gonna be immediate huge ramifications for messing up. The concept is basically Harry Potter college. Yeah, grad school Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> so, Who wrote the books? Oh, I do not. Uh, honestly, I'm not familiar I, with I them. I didn't read the books, but um, sorry. I'd recognize the name if I. I mean, we can look it up, but um, they're just. It's just, uh, yeah, Harry, Harry Potter, but grown up, and and it also draws heavily on. Um, uh, Narnia. Yeah, a lot there's, of there's like a, there's magic. A, there's another world that's magical, and they go through like a, a clock to get to it. 
and it's fun fantastical college kid stuff yeah they're like he's he's the main character is obsessed with these this book series and they're like you have to grow up you have to grow up right. then he finds out it's real but it's not a fairy tale it's like really messed up <laughs> and one of the kids that sort of explored it when in back in world war ii like he has turned into this like maleficent maleficent Malevolent. A, malevolent force. <laughs> Wait, it's a whole transgender thing, right? <laughs> it would be awesome. If, yeah, there would be a place for that, right? but no. There's a lot of, yeah, it's just, it's very um, exciting and intelligent and raunchy. There's a lot of sex. Yeah. So that's fun. <laughs> and a lot of sex that they get angry at each other for, too. Oh, good. Well, yeah, it's like, it's like soap opera. It's a little soapy. A little bit, yeah, yeah. It's a little soapy. With with magic and, and centaurs. And... Mm-hmm. I heard they're going to do, speaking of centaurs, I heard they're going to do uh, the Xanth books as a series. Interesting. Did you read those? No, read those? I'm, I'm vaguely familiar. Anthony? No? What? Sorry. <laughs> young, young people. <laughs> I mean, I would be surprised if, if we didn't run out of, well, I mean, there's, they probably would never run out of intellectual property to, to make movies out of, but, you know, mm-hmm. they're gonna, that's basically all they're going to do, especially with Disney being the, the big overarching, you know, they don't, they don't want to make new things because they know things are going to work, you know? They, mm-hmm. And I was, I was um, watching a little clip on YouTube last night talking about how they're not going to do another Tron movie because... It didn't do super well, and then they did um, Tomorrowland right after Tron mm. Legacy, and that lost so much money. Yeah, it, it made like forty-two million, and it's, it cost like two hundred million to make. Well, I, I don't know why they they still think that they can make movies out of Disney rights. <laughs> like Pirates of the Caribbean was a fluke, and that was like all well, Johnny Depp's fault. So I don't know what they're thinking that they they've never worked except for that. Yes, but if you read the script. The original script to Pirates of the Caribbean, that is a fantastic script. It is. is. And a fantastic script. It really is. And and then a, a tremendous, unforgettable performance. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like um, Anthony Perkins in Psycho. Mm. Everybody knows Norman Bates. Yeah. Um, to the point that people who haven't seen Psycho you know Norman they, Bates they know the name, and they, they think the they understand the performance. The... If you go back and watch Psycho, it's kind of mind-blowing. His, his performance is modern. It, you know, we're talking 1962 or something like that. Wow. Yeah. So it's really incredible. It's like, wow. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why he got typecast. Or, or, he, or people c- couldn't... Disconnect him, yeah. Identifying him with that. Because it, it, is a, it is a fantastic performance. In a way, you know, Depp's performance is that good in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, he's basically um, been that character. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> I know exactly. I wouldn't give the whole movie to him. Though. No, no, it's oh, a great yeah. script. The, the the subsequent scripts are, oh, and Jeffrey are Rush not is just, as good. Yeah, Jeffrey Rush oh. is, is great. Oh, he's my favorite. Uh, you know, <laughs> poor guy in a little bit of trouble now. Oh, uh, caught up in his own little scandal. But oh, wow. But everyone is. So if Tomorrowland, if that script had been. Good, really good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure, you sure. You'd be having a but, different conversation I mean, right but now. But the only one that ever was good was Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, Country Bears? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Some people love that Haunted movie. Mansion? Ha- Haunted Mansion? Ha- I love Haunted, Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion. But that is, that is Haunted because Mansion it's a horrible is, movie. is the Citizen Kane of, <laughs> of Disney Ride movies. No, of, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Of no, 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 no. I don't. No, they, <laughs> like, 
it's it, okay. Is pirates? it true? Is there really no other good one? Yeah, they're all bad. Matterhorn the movie. Remember that? that <laughs> oh great. yeah, that that great disaster survival movie. No, they're not. No. <laughs> there aren't any other Jungle good ones. Jungle Cruise? Did they make a movie out of Jungle? There's also a lot of rides that were made out of movies too. So it's sure, kind of and that's fine. But the other direction, it's it's just a recipe for disaster. I don't quite know. You just, How it is what they, they need to do is they just need to find a good script and then make it into the ride movie. <laughs> yeah. Find like some sort of um, just yeah, fu- just l- some sort of Mount Everest thriller and, <laughs> and make it into the Matterhorn. The Iger sanction. Yeah. Ride. You know what they should make into a movie? The Indiana Jones ride. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. I was about to say the Star Wars ride. I remember back in the day they had a Star Wars ride before Disney even had Star Wars under their belt. Yeah. It's true. One, yeah. It's yeah. true. They had the. They had the it was really story. cool. There was some really. I was only like six when I went, but it was like really cool. I didn't get to do that one. Oh. You know, I haven't been on Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean. That was a weird way to say that. Um, I haven't been on Pirates of the Caribbean since they updated it. I don't. I haven't either. I've only been there once. Which update? The Any. current. You mean the one where they put Johnny Depp in it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that was a great movie. I heard. I heard even, that it even was though good. it really is the greatest ride ever created at Disney, it still is the best thing they ever did. Most immersive, the most fanciful, the most wonderful. But what it didn't have um, was some kind of a, a through line. It didn't that, have a story. Uh, okay. it, it was just you're immersed in this world, and that was pretty. It was very great. good. Yeah. I loved that ride. But by putting Jack Sparrow in that, it made it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, I think that was a great move. Now this this new PC move of sort of oh. uh, they're not selling women uh, they're not being pirates or whatever it's like they, uh, they're pirates they're bad guys that's lame. like <clears throat> that well, doesn't work and it's it's the it's the weird Disney idea it, they turned pirates into Braveheart they're pirates <laughs> they're villains they're bad people like they do bad things and like should go to jail like we can't turn it into this we must fight for our right to be pirates thing <laughs> okay. like they're pirates true but um so since since you do apparently talk about tv did you oh, sure, did lots. you watch black sails because this remarkably is, i didn't well you must i know that I'm not. because it's really fantastic and it really sort of uh, I, I mean, to a certain extent, it, you know, in the early, you know, first season, it's a bit of a guilty pleasure show. It's pirates and, and, sure. and it's sexy and, 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 yeah. and some of it's a bit camp and a bit, bit silly. You're but speaking you my s- language. Yeah, you said yeah. it like it's a bad thing. It's really fantastic. But it gets, it gets more and more serious and more and more interesting. And, and actually, they knew what they were doing. They, they understood, when, you know, really before episode one, where this thing was going to go. Um, and they, they, they delve into this idea that pirates were more than just villainous, you know, guys out to get rich. That there was, there were, there were political agendas. There was, mm-hmm. there was more a culture. than just, oh, let's go, let's go, let's go be hit a, a Spanish galleon and get rich. Um, uh-huh. I'm sure there was a lot of that going on, but there were other figures who were pirates for other reasons. Sure. And absolutely. it's pretty cool. Absolutely. No, and that it's a sounds great. Series. great. But, really great series. But when and, and you like Maggie Smith, right? And her son who, is the star of that like series. Who doesn't like Maggie Smith? Yeah. But but I mean, you know what I'm saying with like Pirates 3 and they're like have have their like pirate revolution like okay. fighting against the I tyrannical love, forces of I love that one. Everybody everybody thinks the first one is the only good one. I love the second well, and third one. I'm a 
fourth one I could do without. Oh, I haven't no. even seen I like it. the fourth. Yeah, yeah we're weird as like. <laughs> Wait, which one's the fourth one? I get them all mixed uh, up. It's that's the one with Blackbeard and. Okay, I don't mind that one, but I never saw the fifth one. I didn't either, yeah, which is weird because I really like Javier yeah. Bardem, but I was just like, I don't know if I can do this I again. I, I don't. I don't know if I can do this again. But no, okay. So speaking of other pirate things, so um, did you play the Uncharted series at all? No, Nathan I did Drake. Not. I know about it. And, I yeah, because the the last one, the fourth game that j- came out a couple months ago, now I guess more than a couple, but came out this year, I guess, um, was all about pirates. It was about like, um, gosh, now I can't think of the name which which one it was, but like all those you know very famous pirates and the idea that they like got together and um, made like a pirate utopia, <laughs> like they went off because that like, would work. Really well, well. But the great thing is, you know, the whole thing, you're like, what? No way. Yeah. But then it turned out it was like all a scheme to like double cross all the rest of yeah. the pirates and steal all of their gold. <laughs> um, but it was just really funny to play through because it's, you know, one of those like Tomb Raider-y type yeah. Indiana Jones things. And so it's like you're going through like all these caves with these contraptions that are like somehow still working even though they're built in like the 17th century. And But they kind of, they, they lampshaded it. You know, they're like... You know, wow, this stuff still works. Does he have any money left after building all of this? Like, just this preposterous, weird, like, obstacle course to find this pirate haven that was just a trick anyway. But but that, that was a fun bit of pirate media. Yeah. I quite enjoyed that one. It's good pirate stuff. We were, um, at, towards the end of last episode, having a conversation about how tragic it is that good movies about knights are so few and far between. Yeah, exactly. I brought up Lady Hawk, of course. No, wonderful. And we talked about some that were, we thought were good, but were not actually good, like... Um, um, King Arthur. King Arthur. <laughs> Clive Owen, King Clive Arthur. Owen. Mm. It had yeah. some nice... Ideas? Well, ideas. <laughs> if you go <laughs> back good to visual the, tone, uh, I the John Borman uh, King Arthur, right? Okay. Um, have you seen that? No. Mm-mm. Oh, come on, you guys. So Borman had grown up, <clears throat> since he was a little kid, he'd been hearing the, the Arthurian story, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and he loved it. He loved it. And all he wanted to do was make a movie about King Arthur. And so, uh, you know, eventually he was able to do that. And, and at first, he tried to do the same thing, which was to, to devise a story based sort of on, on something more... You know, you might say historically accurate. So, um, <laughs> oh, those and, ideas. And then he he came to realize very quickly, and he has said this. He's talked about this that the myth is more powerful than the reality, yeah. and you cannot. It, okay. Anybody who comes to King Arthur wants the myth. Yeah, they do not. If they see want the reality, some, they'll question it. They'll be like, right. "No, that's not how I heard it." Exactly. Yeah. And 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 not even that. It's just that it, it, it's it, not it fun comes anymore. with these heightened elements they may not be real mm-hmm. but they're they're what we're there for we're there mm-hmm. for yeah. heightened yeah. Excalibur yeah. and the lady of the lake and 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 a kind of shining armor that is actually not accurate to to the period of time that yeah. oh sure <laughs> i mean it, yeah the the trappings of the stories are always like high middle ages you know 1300s but it's like but like the reality, you know, when when the story is told, it's imagined to be like long before the you know the Norman Conquest. This is way before you know England existed. So like it would have been like 
furs and rags. Right? <laughs> no, like it okay, would not so have. You, your assignment is to go see. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I'm uh, down. Yes, this film because sure. it's it, first of all, it's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. It's gorgeous. It's a, it's a little bit murky in some in, in a narrative sense, but it's it's incredible, and it's populated almost entirely by actors who were unknown. Mm -hmm. And yet you'll know every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you know what year it came out? This would have been the late 70s, probably, or 80. Uh -huh. well, and, and that's interesting because I feel like around that time, sort of in the 70s, there, that sort of medievalism was very um, fashionable. You know, people were really into that sort of fun, like, There was a moment bohemian... where, where a bit of fantasy caught in America for a nanosecond mm -hmm. um, and then it went away and nobody in in the US really cared that much about fantasy and, and, and medieval fantasy but any kind of fantasy really until you know these two two amazing things happened right <laughs> yeah. Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings yeah. and then and then now it's, sense, it's, now it's, it's all Jack. it's all fantasy it's insane yeah. now and now we have you know, Game of Thrones. But I, I yeah, actually, yeah, Game of Thrones is pretty Would interesting. He... But I kind of prefer, qu quite honestly, the bit of fantasy you can find from the late seventies and early eighties. Sure. Um, because Lady it, there was Hawk. no, yeah, Lady Hawk, fantastic. Uh, it's beautiful. No CGI, mm -hmm. so you're looking at practical effects that feel more realistic. There's a there's a more down to earth sense of things. Um, they had to actually figure out how to shoot something rather than do just something like, oh, we'll in do it later. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it later. Um, and you know, uh, so like in in Borman's uh, King Arthur movie, they they wanted the world to glow, right? They mm. wanted this kind of Mag magical thing. Yeah. So anytime you know where, where there's moss on. On stones and stuff, they had incredible lighting instruments mm -hmm. set up with green gels, and they they turn these on and and so there's real light, yeah. you know, coming off of of, oh, of, God, of I've real see this. stone and moss, and and it does it it creates and he would wait he would wait for hours and hours and hours the for the perfect light yeah. to come oh. you know, the clouds to part just enough to do well that just makes me think of Thor Ragnarok where they're just po in post put on that cliff and it's oh, like the lighting the ugliest scene I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life it's so tragic because so much of Thor Ragnarok is a very cool stylish movie but there's this one scene where Thor and Loki and Odin are hanging out on a cliff in Norway and it's the ugliest, worst lit scene I've ever... It looks like it's lit by floodlights. Like, everything is just <laughs> flat. It's terrible. It's hideous. I couldn't believe my eyes. When you know they're not there because in the trailer, and I did go back and check... You did. It took place in the streets of New York in the trailer. So they just they did. Yeah, they're just on a green screen. They're just on a green screen. Isn't that horrible? Yeah, it's a, it's a okay. really ugly scene. <sighs> the rest of the movie is great. I recommend it, but that scene is that's ugly. A, that's lazy filmmaking. It's ugly. I mean, they probably ran out of money. But. Okay, I don't know so <laughs> Excalibur. I didn't say the name. The movie's called Excalibur. Okay, okay that's thank your you. Assignment. That'll be our assignment yeah. and our listeners. listeners. Excalibur. All five of you. <laughs> dragon Slayer. That's a great one. That's a classic. Funny. The greatest dragon movie ever made. Better than Dragonheart. Oh, <laughs> Dragonheart's pretty pretty campy and amazing. Yeah. Dragonheart's alright. Dragonheart 2 is phenomenal. I, I feel like I've seen it, it, but I don't remember liking it as much. I, they did they just did it was either made for TV or like one of those cheap little uh, direct to instant ones. Um, it was like I think it's on they, Netflix. They, it's like they a regressed the uh, the the franchise a bit and they decided it was for young adults. 
Okay. Relevant. So so sure. it was, you know, my friend wrote it, so I'm uh, giving him a shout out. It, but it is actually it's a it's a ton of fun. Um, but Dragon Slayer, you you'll never see better dragons. What they're doing on Game of Thrones, absolutely influenced by Dragon Slayer, absolutely. And then maybe there was a, a film called Reign of Fire. Oh, oh yeah, Reign of Fire. Had great dragons. And that was like a fantasy movie. movie that was a different genre than just fantasy. Yeah. It was, it was like, yeah. You know, like science fiction. Or thriller, even. It yeah. was like very tense the whole time because they're like being like seen. Like an apocalypse, like a dragon yeah. apocalypse. <laughs> Basically, that's yeah. That's a unique kind of an apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was totally annoyed when that movie came out because one of the very first pitches I ever did in Hollywood was at Jim Henson Productions, and I pitched dragons versus World War II airplanes. <laughs> right. That'd be awesome. That's great. Well, uh, That's Rain fun. I mean, Jim Henson's so far off. This, oh you yeah. Go back and pitch it again. <laughs> you just have to. You just have to think of a, a famous person from history that you can have as the main character, so that they'll be like, okay, people will know who that is. Let's make yeah. it. Well, somebody has made it because somebody told, okay. told me the other day about a dragons versus uh, World uh, War II okay. movie. I was like, I I knew that it. <laughs> I knew it a long time ago. I want royalties. <laughs> you know, there's no original idea. Some, somebody else got lucky. <laughs> well, uh, you know, speaking of um, like Arthurian legend and stuff, I actually just the other day went and for the first time in my life actually sat down and listened to the soundtrack to Camelot, the, the musical. Richard so, Harris? No, no, Richard Burton. Richard Harris. The, the stage musical? Yeah, Richard Harris. Not on this recording. Really? Really. Really? Okay. Google fight. Yeah, and, and, and Julie Andrews and Robert Goulet. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's, it's not Richard go, Harris. Go, I wonder if Richard Harris maybe. I, I have my you go ahead and Google it. I wonder if he stepped in for a Yeah, no, the, the, one, the, the, the sound, the recording that's on Spotify. But no, yeah. I loved it. It was so charming. Like, I'm, I'm really enjoying um, going back and listening to a lot of older musicals from like the you know, late 60s, early 70s, that that era is really growing on me right now because it's just so fun. Like, just fun. It's just really... I mean, Camelot is hilarious. I didn't realize it's a very funny show. Like, it's kind of ridiculous to me that there's a spoof of Camelot when Camelot's already a comedy. Oh, Spamalot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's already a comedy. It's a very, very funny musical. Julie Andrews was cracking me up. She's so funny. She's one of the funniest women that ever lived. Uh, but it was just really charming. Um, I also am just a real big fan of uh, Stephen Schwartz's early musical Pippin, mm -hmm. which is a fun, another fun sort of fantasy concept. Um, just these like real sweet, fun, like early 70s sort of fantastical things they just there's something so earnest about them yeah. that i'm really getting into these days with everything is so dour now well, and they're not it's also the, that thing where like i feel like a lot of comedies these days are trying so hard to be a comedy <laughs> yeah where you know you're like we're gonna get this this like jumanji Ooh. Well, like, now i'm looking forward to that are you? Yeah. Not in any way am I looking forward to that movie. Oh, no. I mean, it, I don't know. It could be funny, but I'm just... I like each cast member separately. <laughs> <laughs> you are right. 
<laughs> I just Harris listened to. Yeah. yeah, I just listened that to it, so I was sure. I would have remembered who was Richard Harris. Do you know who else was in that? You guys are not going to know who this guy. John Cullum was in that cast. I don't know that. Did you ever see Northern Exposure? No. Who did he play? One of the great shows. One of the great shows. I've heard good things. I've heard. But who was he? Well, then we won't go there. Who was he in Camelot, though? He was Sir Dinadan. Oh, Sir Dinadan. Okay. Yeah, he's in a very Roddy funny McDowell? song. Roddy McDowell? Mordred? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's so funny. I love his song, The Seven Deadly Virtues. <laughs> it's a very cute one. But, wow. but yeah, like, like uh, in a similar vein, um, the, the Last Unicorn, the oh, animated, yeah, uh, I love The Last Unicorn, and it's just that 70s, just like real fun, sort of gentle, down-to-earth <laughs> kind of lovely fantasy. I, I really enjoy Clearly it. Clearly you've not watched Ralph Bakshi for a while. Oh, sure I have. That's a whole <laughs> other thing. Interesting, it's funny you bring that up, because the studio that animated... Um, the last unicorn animated the Hobbit cartoon, mm-hmm. and then Ralph Bakshi made the Lord of the Rings cartoon. Yeah, we had that in episode two. We talked about that. Episode two? No, in an episode. As oh, well. yes. Was like, that was a long time ago, buddy. No, <laughs> no yeah, I don't that, remember that far, that far yeah, back. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that in our Lord of the Rings episode a few, mm-hmm. a few back. But um, yeah, just that real, you know, that cute kind of fantasy. Like, I, I, obviously, I love Game of Thrones. I love those books. I love all of that stuff. But it's always so, like, hard and dark and i like the fun sort of like light-hearted fantasy that i just feel like we don't get anymore yeah they've sort of like camp when it happens now is on accident <laughs> like even then you know the last jedi like it was way less campy way less funny than um than any of the others well with the exception of rogue one. Oh, but that one was really smart and funny Less yeah, but it was pretty though. dark, too. Yeah. It was very yeah. dark, in fact. Everyone died. Yeah. <laughs> they did. And that's probably the best movie ending I've seen in a long time. Well, as fans of camp and as fans of fantasy, if you haven't seen the 70s classic Zardoz, oh, Zardoz. you better see it. <laughs> okay. I don't know Sean if... Sean Connery I don't running know around if basically can, naked. I okay. can't... I don't know if I can take a whole movie of that. <laughs> I don't no. have a man in a world ruled by women. It's just a lot of hair. <laughs> just everywhere. But not, but not on his head. I just never really liked Sean Connery that much. He's got his place. He's he got... Does. there. Are, there's a time In the a past. Place. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and Sardoz is very much a relic of the past. Yes. Yeah. Well, is it though? Because now there's that new TV show. Um, I think it's on Netflix, actually. Oh, I forget what it's called, but it's like this old west town where it's all run by women, and there's like these oh, men that are trying yeah, to attack. Oh, well, yeah, but no, Zardoz is something else. A psychedelic. <laughs> He's wearing like a just like this underwear situation okay. and straps, and that's it. Fun. Lots of Connery happening. <laughs> Full maximum Connery. Connery. Yes, lots of Connery. <laughs> Zardoz you here. Yeah, oh, you've got to see pictures. this. Okay, I will. You have to see this picture here. It's just real. I'm going to love it, I'm sure. It's Very He-Man. a lot to there see. There you go. Okay, that is less He-Man and more like uh, 
Lilu from Fifth <laughs> 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 Element. Speaking yeah. of my favorite movie, that's my favorite oh, movie of all time. Oh, I love Fifth Element. Fifth Element. Favorite movie of all time. Love Fifth Element. I don't know if it's my favorite like quality or storyline wise or like emotional impact, but I can watch it any day of the week. What, as as we have uh, a phrase we've coined, it's a mashed potatoes movie. It's a mashed potatoes movie. <laughs> when, when you it's, it's the, it's the movie just... equivalent of comfort food. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you just need to stuff I it. There's a Close Encounters. Uh, <laughs> no, not quite. Like, you're that... crazy if you watch this movie. Yeah, no. It, though no. Close Encounters could be a mashed potatoes movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, mm. we coined this when we were uh, talking to Dylan. Gary Oldman. I love it. him in that. He's insane. I mean, Gary Oldman's always insane, but like, <laughs> I don't know what he's doing in that movie. It's, it's so like the weirdest like accent. Yeah, barbecue like, sauce blood. Yeah, he's like buckhorn leghorn with a like. He is. I don't understand. Oh my it's, goodness, that yeah. movie is a masterpiece in my. Opinion. It's wonderful. It's, I'm just really sad because I, I still haven't seen Valerian, but I've heard bad things. I've heard mixed things. So I'm a little sad. Did you about Luke see Valerian? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I've heard it's pretty. It looked. I mean, the trailer was pretty. <laughs> I don't. I feel like after seeing that trailer, I. Basically saw the movie though. Yeah, I just I just I feel bad because again, you know, Fifth Element favorite movie, and then the director just since then I've not enjoyed. Yeah, well, you know, and speaking of Besson, I have such mixed feelings on Leon the Professional because I mean it's a it's a wonderful. Have you seen Leon? Mm -hmm. It's wonderful, but also kind of icky. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Well, and, uh, and uh, apparently, I haven't read it, but apparently the original script is even more so. Mm. Apparently it was like an explicitly pedophilic relationship in the uh. original script. Uh. Well, and, and Luc Besson, like his first wife, he first met her when he was like 18 and she was like 20. Well, so that says something about him as a man. I don't know. Okay. I don't know yeah. anything about it personally, but yeah. So like, it's it's a wonderful movie, and um, you know, Natalie Portman is like stunning. She's tiny and amazing, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it does. I just like it doesn't doesn't quite say it right. There's another Gary Oldman, crazy Gary Oldman performance. That's a great performance. It's though. really great. He's, he's just he's, he's just psychotic. Like coked out cop. <laughs> it's very good. It's very good. You, you should you should see. It. I mean, I like to watch as many movies by directors I enjoy, so I'll, I'll get to it eventually. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. I I I do like it, but there's just a little niggling feeling in the yeah. back of my head that I'm uncomfortable with what's going yeah. on. I think for the fifth element too, um, half the story's in um, Jean-Paul Gaultier's costumes, I feel like. Oh, it's so good. They're so Those good. costumes are so good. <laughs> it's just, and like, I mean, I grew up watching that movie. Oh, yeah. So it's just like such a big part of my conception of science fiction. Like, it, it's just ingrained into me like that's like some yeah some people, some people sci-fi future world um are really into die hard i'm really into fifth element as as what bruce willis movies yeah. go well, i mean I, you know a lot of people are really into die hard and i'm like eh. it's good yeah it's good but <laughs> it's a good movie to watch at christmas time but does he have a cat he doesn't have a cat in die hard he doesn't 
Oh, I'm me- mix, mixed up, messed up. It's all good. Yeah, we just we go off on things sometimes. Mm. <laughs> what 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 would you say is a mashed potatoes movie for you, Chris? Uh, a mashed potatoes movie. Uh, give me the definition of mashed potatoes. So it's it's the kind of movie that comfort, you just comfort, comfort movie. movie. Something you just you, if it's you on love, TV, even if it's halfway through, you'll finish it. You you want to watch it? You it always feels right. You know, it's just it feels good. Even oh, if it doesn't have know. to be good for you, <clears throat> it's just nice. Oh, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Good probably. choice. Good choice. But you know, it's a great film. Yeah. It is. Yeah, great, <laughs> There's nothing wrong. Great, with my it. favorite movie is a great film. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's so sound. You the know, it's Wrath so... of Khan. <laughs> That's a good one, too. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. To Kill a Mockingbird. No. No, maybe not no. That. That's that one, the... I feel like. That's a great film. It's Actually, potentially a little that... too a little no, too intense a for, for mashed potatoes. No. Maybe. no. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't quite fit in the criteria of, of mashed potatoes. Okay, and what is yours? You know, I can't remember what I said I last remember. time. I really don't. Then you Maybe don't really know. Pirates of the Caribbean. Ah. Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. I love that movie. I love it. I couldn't tell you the number of times I've watched it. Mm. It's just it got my heart. <laughs> so good. It was formative for me. You know, it came out when I was in like fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, you know, I was sort of, it, it's kind of funny because I remember when the trailers came out, I was a little like, concerned about it being scary for me because there were the pirate the you know the skeleton pirates and I was like oh I don't like scary things I was a bit like my sister at that age very afraid of anything remotely spooky but I was like I'm gonna be brave and I'm gonna see it and I went out with my mom and we saw it and I loved it so much and it you know it was just it was different you know I hadn't really watched those kinds of movies at that point yet so I yeah it was a big part of my life <laughs> for thought, many years. I thought of another one. Men in Black. Good one. Ah. Good one. I yeah. watched that when I was much too young for that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like five years old. Well, yeah, that's about how old we were when it came yeah. out. Mm-hmm. I saw it in theaters. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I saw it in theaters with my best friend at the time. Wow. Your mm-hmm. five-year-old best friend? I think he was probably six or seven. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well then. One of my favorite stories about that film that sort of goes around town and, uh, you know, um, is that Tommy Lee Jones just didn't know what was going that on. That it was a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> and he was actually very annoyed about how Will Smith was playing it and, and even went as far as to... to you know, bring this up and maybe oh, wow. you know discuss that he might need to be removed or something. Oh. And uh, he really had no clue, which is so funny because his performance is amazing. Of course, he's he's great. He's fantastic. Yeah. Is this story true? Uh, I've I have reason to believe it is true, but well, I don't know it firsthand. That's but. a fun. That's a fun tale either way. Yeah. Which is funny because he's done plenty of comedies since then too. He's great at sort of that that deadpan yeah. thing, and I mean maybe that's why it worked so well in yeah, Men in Black. I think so because he's like he's actually the straight man. Like it's he's not yeah. just playing the straight man. He, he, he's, he's acting. Yeah. No, he's not acting. Yeah, he's, he's just really there. <laughs> he's like, who is this fool? <laughs> <laughs> Messing up my movie. <laughs> he's just living it. It's a serious movie about aliens. <laughs> this is 
a science fiction oh, drama. Another movie that is just so horrible, but I will watch it no matter what point it's at. It's Mars Attacks. Oh. Horrible movie. But so good. Is it horrible? It's it's what it it's what it meant to be. That's true. It's it's it, absolutely it, 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 what it meant to be. Well. Then I remember the scene with uh, Sarah Jessica Parker switching heads with the Chihuahua. Yes. So I mean, it's it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, one that I used to love to just put on and fall asleep to is Troy. <laughs> Troy, really? Yes. Troy with like. And it put you to sleep. Well, no. <laughs> you and many many people. <laughs> I mean, sort of. I enjoyed it, but no, I was so... I've never seen it, so really? I don't know what I'm talking no, about. No, I mean, it, it's it's a little like we were talking about with, with King Arthur. It's like, yeah. it's it's got some good ideas, it's got some cool stuff, but it's it's not riveting. And I, I know I was so familiar with it, like, I was already a big Greek mythology nerd, so there were no surprises in the film for me. And then, you know, it was just like, just put it on, and, you know, after a sleepover or something, I come home, on, lay on the couch, put on Troy, and fall asleep to it. Like, it was just... Yeah. Pleasant. Mm-hmm. It was just pleasant. Oh man, did you get so Spotify just did that like um you know oh, the rewind rewind of like your top music. songs uh-huh. of <laughs> and I was shocked to find in mine the Josh Groban song Remember from the Troy soundtrack. <laughs> what year is this? <laughs> you know, I was listening to Josh Groban radio. <laughs> <laughs> now that's mashed potatoes for me, Josh, Josh Groban. Groban. <laughs> yeah, I've had a I've had a tumultuous relationship with Josh Groban's music. As a teenager, of course, I I adored Josh Groban because teenage girls are contractually obligated to enjoy Josh Groban. And then I got over it. I was like, whatever. He's not even that good of a singer. <laughs> um, and then I've come back to his music recently, and I'm like, you know what? He's doing all right. Like I get his thing. Like. He puts out a Christmas album, sings some lovely songs, middle-aged ladies enjoy it, and we go on with our lives. Like, I get what he's doing, and I like it. And, and She's a, the oldest middle-aged, or the youngest middle-aged lady. You don't know the half of it. I'm an old woman. <laughs> uh, but no, and that's actually how I found my very favorite musical, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. Yeah, we talked talk about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been talking about it to everyone that I meet because I love it a lot. Do we have any recommendations? I know I have one. Yeah. What's your What's your recommendation? So I just read it last night. I bought it at Powell's. Um, the Witch Boy. It's a graphic, I was curious about that. It's a graphic novel aimed at um, middle schoolers, and it's about a um, a young boy, probably about 13, 14, um, in a family of all magical people, and all of the men in the family are shapeshifters. All the women are witches, but hmm. he, he wants to learn how to do the magic. And he's not interested at all it. in shape-shifting. It's like a fun fantasy trans story. Yeah, it's a little more um, uh, just like, it's it's a little less trans and a little more like a uh, gay kid who's not really into mm-hmm. the same thing all the other boys are. Okay, okay. Um, it could have easily been about, you know, a trans character, but that's just not what the... So it's a bit more in just a queer direction. With yeah, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily nailed down because it's you know for middle schoolers. But yeah. It's just very like okay, um, you want to do magic, you're good at it, let's do it. Hmm. So and it's it's pretty and it's cute and it's um, it's, it's from the heart, which is really nice. 
Yeah, it sounds like I, I kind of think I need to borrow it from oh, you yeah, because you can it totally looks. Borrow it. I should have brought it. I, I did bring a book because I was like, <laughs> oh, I might need to sit and read something for a second. But yeah, well, I'll, I'm sure we'll see each other again in four months. And yeah. <laughs> episode <laughs> would it be forty-two? <laughs> something like that. There were twenty-one episodes. Yeah, twenty-one. Can't believe it. The podcast is Who old enough. Want to shape shift. Well, it was, it was also, like, the culture of the boys in the family. They were very, like, roughhousing and sports-oriented and, um... The shapeshift into things like hammers or... Bears. No, it's, it was animals. Like uh-huh. wolves and bears. Yeah. And, yeah. and, oh, and they, were, they were also... They would pick on him, too. Because he... he <laughs> so, you know, I will not shapeshift. <laughs> well, I mean, um, it just... Shapeshift into something that can beat them up, you know? <laughs> he doesn't want to beat them up. He, he shapeshift the into Godzilla. <laughs> They didn't get a pick. <laughs> they, they, found oh, a, they don't get the pick? No, it was a spirit, that sort of, an animal spirit. That oh, went. okay. Yeah. Cool. Fun. But it, good. It, at the end, it turns out that um, it was all just, the family had preconceptions of what you could and couldn't do, and it was just, they were wrong. And the grandma's just like, what are you guys doing? What a fun little <laughs> Let him memory. do what he wants. <laughs> I love that. I love that character of like the... The wise old grandma who's just like, oh, you're all just being nonsensical. Like, yeah. calm down. <laughs> well, she doesn't even show up until the end because it, it turns out the, the villain of... Well, I don't want to say it. Well, no, you pretty much know. It's it's her brother. Okay. So it, the sort of themes that happened with him happen again with uh, the main young boy. So That's fun. That's fun. Yeah. Um, well, I hadn't actually thought of a recommendation before, but... Um, bringing up comics, uh, a, a comic that I, I read a while ago, but I've just revisited recently that I just really love. It's a fun young adult comic called Anya's Ghost. Um, it's about this teenage girl who like gets sort of haunted. <laughs> she gets this little ghost friend. Um, and this girl, she's just like this weird little ghost girl, but then she sort of starts like, she becomes sort of parasitic to Anya and like wants to sort of consume her and it's this very interesting story it's a little bit about like um friends who will like use you and that kind of thing that's a really good thing to teach middle schoolers (laughs) i wish i had been taught that in middle school (laughs) yeah so it's a really great story about a girl and a ghost um i do recommend it do recommend it do you uh have anything you've Mm. well well, enjoyed recently you mentioned josh Groban, <laughs> I would recommend Mindhunter, which oh, is really fantastic. Yes, of course that's not Josh Groban. Oh, isn't it? No, no, no Jonathan Groff. Jonathan Groff, sorry. Gro- similar Gro- names. S- similar S- name. Oh, it's a kind of a similar boy. Similar background. Similar hair sometimes. <laughs> you're right, you're right, <laughs> but no, I'm sorry. No, but no, no. Apologies it's to a, these actors, but... Nothing... Uh, yeah. Terrific yeah. series. It, um, yes, I enjoyed it. I'm sure they'd both be flattered to be mistaken be for the other. Compared to the other, <laughs> yes. I'm sure neither of them would take offense. That's right. Um, yeah, that's a great show. Mm-hmm. Uh, wonderful dialogue, great characters. Um making serial killers scary again oh gosh instead of uh you know you know evening viewing on cbs <laughs> you know yeah like without stupid saying serial anything, killer of the week that um, last scene with ed kemper was oh fantastic ugh. fantastic the casting in the show is great the dialogue is 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 great the the attention to detail well, in, what do you, what do you expect from david great. fincher like yeah. <laughs> absolutely it's, no it's done right and Based on a very interesting book that, you know, so there, there's an awful lot of, 
you know, reality in it. There's yeah. a certain amount of license they've taken, but 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 just bridging that that kind of you know what the FBI was and, and what it would be in, in developing profiling and yeah, you know, that is just really interesting. I think it's a terrific series. I agree. I enjoyed it intensely. And and, and the impact, right? Uh, of yeah. it, it, when you delve into this, oh, yeah. it, when you delve into this kind of psychology, you are not just going to to be unaffected by it. You know. Yeah. This the the journey of this character is really. Remarkable. I think all of them. I think all they're of them. all. Oh, yeah. but they're they're yes. all affected by this. You cannot go into you know the mouth of madness. Yeah, and, you can stare into the void. Just kind of <laughs> yeah. like be, you know go home. Well, especially and, with the methods they use of trying to be their friend. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a great, great one. Isn't it? Oh, it's, it's great. A fantastic. Recommended all around. I recommend everything Jonathan Groff's up. <laughs> Three Have you watched Woods, Taking Woodstock yet? I have not oh, watched Taking Woodstock yet. So good. Such a small role for him, but so good. <laughs> that does it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to us on YouTube if you absolutely love us, and like the video if you only like us. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Play, and Anchor.fm. Please rate and subscribe so more nerds can find us. Check us out on Twitter at LitMeritPod for updates and news. And thanks to Jonathan Colton for the use of our theme song, Fraud, from his album, Artificial Heart. Until next time, remember... No no guilty guilty pleasures! pleasures. (laughs) And Merry Christmas! (laughs) Christmas time is wonderful, wonderful with you. Christmas, Christmas time. Christmas time is wonderful, wonderful with you. Christmas, Christmas time. Christmas time is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful with you. Christmas time is wonderful, wonderful with you. Christmas, Christmas time. Christmas time is wonderful, wonderful with you. Christmas, Christmas time. Christmas time is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful with you. Christmas time is wonderful, wonderful with you. Christmas, Christmas time. Christmas time is wonderful. Christmas time is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful with you. Christmas time is wonderful, wonderful with you. Christmas Christmas time. Christmas time is wonderful, wonderful with you. Christmas Christmas time.